Before Easter, we're looking at strength and stretch in life of Jesus. Isn't it great that we can sing that he's alive even before Easter comes? Isn't it glad that we don't need to wait, we don't need to over the next couple of weeks focus on the fact that Jesus is dead. Jesus is alive and he's always alive. Just Easter is a special focal point where we celebrate it. But we're looking at Jesus' life, no stretching and strengthening our, our themes for this year and based on Isaiah 54, key verse for us, two and three. But today, we're looking at strengthening in Jesus' life as we build up to Easter. And what I'm saying today is very simplistic, very foundational. It's very, if you like, you've heard this all before, but the reality is if we don't get foundation stuff right in our life, whatever we are building will collapse. We need to make sure and reinforce the, uh, the foundations of our belief and our, what we are. And we're looking at three particular areas which are very foundational, but so key for us in our lives today. You know, our daily readings are through the Gospel of John, uh, but I'm going to look from Luke this morning, just for a few minutes, about three aspects of strengthening in Jesus' life early on in his ministerial life. And I'm going to read from Luke 3, just two verses at the end. After that, there's a whole genealogy that I'm going to skip and go on to chapter 4 because I know it wouldn't mean much to you and there's too many names that I can't pronounce also within them. But Luke 3, verse 21 says, One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove, and a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. On to chapter 4. Then Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from this Jordan River. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days. Jesus ate nothing, and all that time, and became very hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to become a loaf of bread. But Jesus told him, No, the scriptures say people do not live by bread alone. Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say, you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple and said, if you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels to protect and guard you. And they will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say you must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. Then Jesus returned to Galilee, filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports of him spread quickly through the whole region. He taught regularly in the, synag the synagogues and was praised by everyone. When he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. The scroll of Isaiah the prophet was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released 
that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Then he began to speak to them. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. No, Jesus started his public ministry around about the age 30. Up until that point, the Bible doesn't tell us much. Three incidents, really, that they tell us. First of all, they tell us he was born. And there's a bit of description about his born. And then after that, when he was 12, his parents took him to Passover festival, a conference, big church conference, so to speak, if we put it in modern day language, one of the biggest conferences, festivals, the Passover. So they took him when he was about age 12 and they lost him. The conference, you might think, how on earth can you lose Jesus or lose a child? No, the reality is, Kathy and I know the experience of going to an exciting church conference and losing a child. Okay? We went to the Assembly of God conference some time ago back in Wales and we lost Lindsay. Okay? Eventually, she was found by a security guard walking about with a book she had stolen from the AOG bookstore. Okay? How on earth I've ever got my AOG ministerial status, I don't know. But I would say, Lindsay's here this morning, so don't leave anything lying about the year. <laughs> Just kidding. That was before she came into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, and he has transformed her life and changed her. But it's, e <laughs> it's easy. You may think, what bad parents you were that you can neglect a two-and-a-half-year-old child. Okay, eventually we found him. And then the next thing we read about Jesus is that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and all the people. He was stretched, he strengthened in character, in wisdom, in favor. He was strengthened, he grew and he was strengthened in his life, in his character and his wisdom. It's amazing if you look at Jesus' life, there was about 30 years preparation for the three years of ministry. It's like 91% of his life on earth was preparation for three years of ministry. 91% for 9% ministry. Maybe you wonder, why does God not use me to transform the world? Uh, I just get, I'm coming to a relationship with him. I'm great. I've got the ability. Why does God not use me or church not use me? You know, preparation is so important for what happens next. And for Jesus, there was a preparation time, and we read at the beginning of his ministry that he was strengthened in his life. Three things I want to speak about. He was strengthened by prayer. The first verse, or the second verse, we read, said, as he was praying. If you want to be strengthened for the stretching, for the growing that God wants to do in your life, you need to be strengthened by your prayer life. Your prayer life is so important. Right at the outset of Jesus' ministry, we see that prayer was a key element in his life. Let me suggest, if prayer was a key element in Jesus' life, it should also be a key element in our life. If that was his connection with Father God and he realized he needed that connection in that prayer time and spending time in Father God, let me just suggest that we in here also need that. 
this was not just a one-off. Jesus had a lifestyle of prayer. He didn't just pray now and again. He had a lifestyle of prayer. The synoptic gospels emphasize this. We'll give you some examples. Matthew 14, 23. After he had sent the crowds away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Mark 6, 46. After bidding them farewell, he left for the mountain to pray. Luke 6, 12. It was at this time that he went off to the mountain to pray, and he spent the whole night in prayer to God. Mark 1.35, in the early morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and was praying there. Luke 5.16, Jesus himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Jesus was strengthened by an incredible prayer life. Prayer was important. No, and his prayer life was not just now and again. His prayer life wasn't just an emergency prayer life. Lord, I'm in a mess now. If you get me out of this, I'll serve you the rest of my life type of prayer life. We've all been there. Well, most of us have been there at some point. Jesus had a lifestyle of prayer and connection with Father, which strengthened him in his life. You get the picture, I'm sure. Even the disciples looked at him one day and said, Jesus, paraphrase, there's something different about your prayer. There's something different about your prayer life. There's something that we don't get. Something about praying. Can you teach us how to pray? And that's when we get what we call the Lord's Prayer. But the disciples notice there's something about your prayer life that strengthens you, that there's something in you that we don't get. Can you help us in it? Prayer is so important. Secondly, he was strengthened by the word of God. From there, in chapter 4, verse 1, we read that Jesus was led by the Spirit in the wilderness, into the wilderness. Listen, we are charismatic, but are Pentecostal, happy, clappy, victorious people. And we don't really think the idea, the Spirit of God is here and he's going to lead us into the wilderness. When we talk about the Spirit of God, it's into a great place of victory and strength and wah-rah-rah-rah. But you know, sometimes... The power of God is more real in the difficult wilderness experience and the power of God is more real in our life when we go through the tough time rather than the happy, clappy, victorious stuff. And I'm not demeaning that because we are happy, clappy. We've got a lot to be happy, clappy about. We've got a lot to praise God for. We're so thankful. We've got a life force within us. But the reality is the Spirit led Jesus into the wilderness where he was tempted for 40 days. He ate nothing. He was hungry for 40 days. You know, I've discovered through this hope for justice, give up to give, that 40 days is an awful long time. To be tempted by sweets and chocolate is an awful long time, 40 days. And I'm struggling some days, particularly when there's others in my world who are eating things that I like, and I've decided to give them up. Okay, it's not that they don't love me, it's just that they're trying to, well, I don't know what they're trying to do, okay? <laughs> but we'll leave that, we'll leave that with them and the Lord, what they're trying to do, Okay. And that's just be tempted by like wine gums or chocolate and stuff. Jesus for 40 days was tempted seriously by the devil. And the reality is we all go through those difficult wilderness type experience. Those times where it just seem like a battle and we're struggling. But Jesus was strengthened by the word of God. Three times the devil came and tempted him big time. Weak, trying to weaken him in his character. 
in his ministry credibility, in his relationship with God, the devil gave him an awful time. But three times, Jesus was strengthened by the word of God. And he quoted the word of God. See, in the difficult times of our life, when we feel weak in battle, there's a word of God which can speak into our lives and give us strength, which goes beyond our natural strength. There's a power in the word of God that strengthens us when we read it and we apply it and we believe it. It's saying, I don't know what to do. But you know what his word says? Your word is a lamp to guide my feet. You're a light from a path. I don't know what, but I can trust in your word that you're a lamp to guide me. You've got a light that will show me where I'm going. You know, there's times where it seems like I'm struggling and everything's happening around me and even the kitchen sink has been thrown at me and I feel so weak and I don't know if I can really win this battle that's going on. But there's a scripture that says that the one who's in me is greater than he that is in the world and I can believe that. I can stand on it. I can quote it. I can live it. And when it feels like I'm weak and I don't think I'm going to win this battle, I think I'm going to lose. You know, I can stand on the word of God and I can find strength in the fact, you know what? There's something in me. There's a life force in me. There's a spirit of God within me which is greater than even the kitchen sink that's been thrown at me. There's times where I've been flattened in life. Things didn't work out the way I wanted to. There's times that I had the faith to believe for things that just didn't seem to happen. They didn't work out the way I want. And it's so easy to become weak and, and, and hinder yourself and grow in any way. But you know what the Bible says? That the Bible says that God causes all things to work for good for those who love him who are called according to his purpose. And I'll be honest, there's times I felt a bit deflated when things didn't happen the way I wanted them. But then I've turned to his word and I've started to believe, you know what? I don't understand all this, but I do know that your word is true and I can find strength in it, Father. You're causing this to work for my good because I love you and I'm called according to your purpose. But if I hadn't believed the word of God, if I hadn't spoken the word of God, I'd have still been deflated. The cost of living is becoming a problem in our world. Those gas and electricity prices, wow. What are they like? Okay, amongst everything else. And he can look at it and say, I don't know how I'm going to survive. How am I going to cope? But you know what? I can find strength in the fact that Psalm 23, 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I shall not be in want. Because it looks as if the bills come in. Wow, how am I going to survive? But there's a word which can strengthen me and cause me to stand strong and stand firm, knowing that because he's my shepherd, he's looking after me. I shall not be in want. There's times I feel weakened by my mistakes, my mess-ups, my sins. And the reality is, when we mess up and we sin, it does weaken us. That is the reality. And sometimes we can do all that and say, I've defeated, I've lost, I've blown it again. But I can be strengthened by the word that says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive me my sins and to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But if I just dwell in what I'm doing and what I've gone, done wrong, then I'll be weak, I'll feel defeated, I'll feel all the strength leaving me. And the reality is sin in our life does weaken us and deflates us and, and causes us in our spirit and ourselves to become less than what God wants us to be. But you know there's a fresh cleansing that can come. There's a strength that can come that we can stand and we can go again because God says I'm not rejecting you. I can cleanse and forgive you and cause my righteousness to prevail and you have to walk in that truth. But we need to do it. There's times I'm struggling, maybe struggling to sleep at night. You know, the Bible says he grants sleep to those he loves. It says, in the world, you will keep, you have trouble, but I've overcome the world. So you will keep in perfect peace those who trust in you. It's easy when you're 
struggling and your mind's going everywhere and you can't sleep at night to become weak. But you know what? He says he gives his beloved sleep. He says, don't you try and work it all out. Just put your trust, your thoughts, fix them on me and you'll be okay. You can be strengthened. You can be weakened in difficult times if you know the word of God. Jesus went into the wilderness, had a difficult time full of the Holy Spirit, and he came out full of the Holy Spirit because he stood in the word of God and his strength was maintained by the power of the Spirit and by the word of God. Strengthened by the word of God. Know the problem we have? It's not the battle. It's because we don't know the word of God. Because we don't know. Sadly, and I'm not saying this is this church, but statistics will show that less Christians, followers of Jesus, read the Bible than ever before. That we don't read the Word of God, then we wonder why we get into troubles. I want to tell you, the daily disciplines of prayer and knowing the Word of God and believing the Word of God and reading the Word of God are so important to us. I know many of us have got different types of apps and daily devotions, but there's a reason why as a church we give you a daily reading to read every day. It's not to make up something just for the sake of it. It's because we know that we should have that discipline of reading the Word of God every day because it does something to us. The problem is when difficulty comes, we get weak and we get disheartened because we don't know the Word of God. No, we quote the text about the truth set you free. Jesus said, John 8, 32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And I've said this before, but it's still true. It's not the truth that sets you free. It's the truth that you know that sets you free. If you don't know the truth, you will never be free. But if you know the truth of God's word, no matter what comes, there's a freedom, there's a strength, there's a power that comes into your life because you know the word of God. And we need it on a daily basis. Now, Jesus' temptation wasn't just those 40 days. It says the devil come back at opportune moments to try and tempt him again. I'll be honest, in my world, my weaknesses tell me, tend to be in the good times. When you get through difficult times, you tend to call on God and you're praying and you're seeking his word. But then you're flying. That's when it's easy to let those disciplines of fellowship and prayer and reading the word of God go. But we need to, when we're on a high, when things are well, I want to tell you, you still need to keep praying. You still need to keep believing the word of God. You still need to quote the word of God. You still need to read the word of God. Amen. And he was also strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Hey, we might miss this just on the side. Jesus made a habit of going to church. Verse 15, he taught regularly in the synagogues. Verse 16, he went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath. Jesus made a habit of going to church. You know, there's a strength that comes from coming to church. There's a strength that comes from we meet together. Hebrews, let's not think, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Let's not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially the day of his return is drawing near. I want to tell you, the day of Jesus' return is a lot closer than I thought it was a year or so ago. That's not to frighten you, but it just means the Bible says as it grows closer, we need to encourage one another more, we need to meet together one another more and build one another up. Who have you encouraged today? I want to tell you, when I see you here, it encourages me. Even if you don't say anything to me, just to see you here is an encouragement to me. And you've been here, you might think, oh, that was a struggle. I want to tell you, you've been here, it's not just an encouragement to me, but those around about you are blessed to see you here and encouraged to see you here. 
and not only will it do you good, it does people around about you. You might think you've contributed nothing or you don't contribute much to church life. I want to tell you, just seeing you here in church, here to worship God, to meet with these people, is an encouragement to the rest of the body of Christ here. So keep doing it. It will do you good, but it's doing the rest of us good as well. Jesus was also strengthened by the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, the Spirit of the Lord's upon me. Jesus, verse 1, Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the river Jordan. When Jesus returned to Galilee, verse 14, he was filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Jesus himself told his people, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. If Jesus needed the strengthening of the power of the Holy Spirit, well, let me suggest, so do we. Sean and the team are going to come up. I want us to sing that song again. And I believe that God can come and by his spirit just impart some of his power and strength to us today. There's a verse we quote a lot in Pentecostal church circles from the Old Testament, Zechariah 4 and 6. It says, the angel told me to give Zerubbabel this message from the Lord. Capable guy, Zerubbabel. This is what the message of the Lord was. You will succeed not by military might, not by your own strength, but by my spirit. One version says, I am the Lord all-powerful, so don't depend on your own power or strength, but on my spirit. There's times we feel working a week. You know, the Bible says that his power is made perfect in our weakness. My strength and my power is strongest when you are weak there's times when even our strength seems to fail but we can draw on our strength we can have a prayer life which is strong we can speak of strength in ourselves in so many ways but Jesus right as he was about to start his three years of ministry we read he was strengthened by a, a habitual prayer life of connection with Father God on a regular basis he fed on the word of God on a daily basis it wasn't just reading it, but it's living it, it's applying it, it's believing it, it's confessing it and speaking it over our lives. And he was full of the Holy Spirit. Let me suggest, I believe God is wanting us to be stretched and grow into more than what we are just now. But the foundations of our stretching have to be based on the strength that comes from our prayer relationship with Father God something which is based on the word of God and knowing the word of God because when storms come if you don't know the word of God and you don't believe it you don't confess it the storms will wreck you but there's a foundation of standing on God's word that will never shake you and it will cause strength to come into you even in the most difficult times but every one of us needs the fullness and the power of the Holy Spirit and I'm praying today if you can stand let's stand you don't have to if you can't it's okay but I believe in here in these moments as we have come together. For some of us, we just need to look at, is my prayer life what it should be? Am I daily connecting with God? You know, sometimes we're scared because we hear other type of people praying and, oh, I can't pray that. Prayer is just you connecting with your Father God. It's just you talking to Him and, and listening to Him speak. And He'll speak in many ways, but mainly through His Word. So prayer and the word of God together are so important, foundational. 
they strengthen Jesus and they can strengthen us. Some of us need to make a decision. I'm going to, eat. I'm going to pray more than the dead. Some are going to have to make a decision. I'm going to, I'm going to decide. I'm going to read the Word of God more than I've ever done. I'm not telling you to read the whole book, the whole Bible in one day, but every day you should be reading part of the Bible. Strengthen yourself. But beyond that, everyone needs the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. It's not Pentecost, but as we sing this song, I'm going to pray in a few. If you're saying this is a prayer, I believe that God can come and just minister into our life. Father God, in these moments, just saying, come Holy Spirit. I pray, Father God, you'll come and you'll move afresh. You'll fill people that have never been filled before. You'll fill afresh those who know your power. But this morning, Lord, let us find our strengthening from the infilling, from your Holy Spirit coming and moving among us. Father, help us to pray more, to connect with you more. Help us to read your word, apply your word, know your word, and be set free and strengthened in difficult times. But Lord, beyond that, let us be people full of your spirit. Come afresh this morning. Move in this gathering right now as we open ourselves up and come and do something fresh and impactful and empowering by your spirit. In Jesus' name.